Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. would like to welcome a very special guest to the pod today. Welcome, Aaron Bryant. Thanks for having me again, Pete. We're going to get stuck into some Adelaide chat on this podcast. Um, so just your thoughts on where Adelaide are heading overall this season. It's a pretty big year for them. I mean, they're, they're staring down the barrel of six straight years outside of finals and, and four with Matthew Nix at the helm, and mm-hmm. at the Adelaide Crows, that's unknown territory. Usually when they go multiple years without playing in finals, they usually axe the coach. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's a two-team town here in South Australia, so the media scrutiny is high, the public scrutiny and expectations are high, so um, it's a surprise that they've gone on this long with the rebuild, and to be honest, it, it, it is a pretty tough year for them. I mean, they're expecting to play in the eight, but there's so many teams in that conversation. I mean, you look at the eight from last year, and I don't see any of those teams dropping out. And then outside of that, Carlton, Port Adelaide, Gold Coast, maybe even an Essendon would think that they could push. So Adelaide's right in that mix of teams that would, would hope to break in, but it's got a tough road ahead of it. So um, they're going to try and change things up a little bit with their game plan. By the sounds of things, they're, they're going to be a more versatile squad. So there will be a lot of players rotating their roles throughout the year, which is sometimes good for fantasy, sometimes bad, but... Yeah. Um, they're going to be more competitive, I think, which is the main thing. They, they won't have as many, you know, eighty-plus point losses. So hopefully that means some more consistency. Excellent. So we're going to talk a, a group of players here for fantasy relevance. Um, so let's get stuck into it. So we are talking AFL fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is a pre-season Adelaide podcast. This podcast has been recorded on Wednesday afternoon, February eighth, and of course the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free, likes and retweets are always appreciated. And of course, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Okay, Aaron, let's get stuck into it. So Adelaide, Ben Keys, your thoughts there? Yeah, big name player that everyone's kind of wondering what the go is. Um, you know, interesting career so far. You know, gets axed from Brisbane, makes his way to Adelaide, impresses as a midfielder. But the back end of last year was a concern. And the average of 73 in the last five, his CBA is taking a bit of a plummet. Um, as I mentioned before, that, that versatile aspect of their game plan is going to be a concern. We we spoke to Tim Silvers a couple of weekends ago on SO Grandstand, and, and he outlined that Ben would again feature prominently in the forward line. So he will get midfield minutes, but it's not going to be a mainstay. You've got so many players who are hoping to break in there that I, I think Ben, unfortunately, with his disposal efficiency, has proved to be an issue in the past, and they want him to, to be more of a scorer. So for someone who's you know needs to average probably 100-plus to at least be value, um, it's going to be hard. I mean, his career best was 108. Um, I can't really see him hitting that again if he's not playing full-time in the midfield. Okay, on to the next one here. So we've got Matt Krause. So he found his way out of the team under Matthew Nee. So the question here is, can he claim a spot back in that team and, more importantly, in the midfield uh, this season? I'm really torn on this one. Uh, all reports in the preseason are that he's 
done really well. He's, he's impressed Matthew Nix. He's, you know, they're trying to make him a bit more penetrating with the ball and, um, I guess improve his defensive game as well. He, at times he, you know, is very handball friendly, but doesn't actually accomplish much with his 30 touches. So I think that's what they were getting frustrated with. So demoted to the Sandful dominates there, but still isn't getting regular game time. And even when he did play last year, his time on ground was significantly low. It was around that 60, high 60% mark. So, if you talk about those midfielders, Rory Laird, Stan Berry, Jordan Dawson, Schomburg and Saligo will be in there as well. So I don't really know how much time he's going to get if he does play. Priced at 88, if he is a, a regular starter, then he's going to be a 100 player, and that's great. But, I mean, I'm not really sure if it's enough at that awkward price of 780000 on to the next one, so Josh Rochelle. So he, he exploded off the scene last year and obviously a little bit injury impacted last season as well. So the question here is, can he infiltrate the centre bounces this year? I'm not sure if he's going to enough. That's that's the main thing. I think we will see him in there at times, but it's not going to be major midfield minutes. Again, I've, I've listed so many players that can rotate through there and we'll talk about another one of those, Isaac Rankin, shortly. But if your starting midfield has the likes of Rory Laird, Sam Berry, Jordan Dawson, and then rotating in Keys, Rankin, Schomburg. Uh, I'm just not sure he's going to get large minutes. And if he's averaging, or he's coming in at an average of 52, um, I'm not sure if he can be a 70 player, which is probably what you want if you're trying to get some value out of him. I feel like he's going to be pretty inconsistent. He'll have games where he can kick multiple goals and maybe get a fair few touches in the middle, and then times where he'll be stuck in the pocket and do nothing. So I'm not really sure if he's worth investing in. Like He's going to be a star, but I just don't think it's worth the gamble. Yeah, the other thing there is, obviously exploded onto the scene last year, and when he sits forward, he's going to get a pretty damn good defender, I would imagine. So it could be difficult from a fantasy perspective there when he sits forward. Okay, on to the next one here, Rory Sloan. So uh, can we see him get back into the midfield minutes uh, strong, or is he going to play a split role this year? I don't see him playing in the midfield at all, to be honest. If anything, he'd be an outside player. But um, there's an interesting upside here with Rory that, you know, priced at 70, career best was 105. But the word is that he's going to be playing across the back line and then into the wing. So there's the possibility there that he could pick up some plus sixes. Um, But at his best, Rory Sloan is a tackler. And I just think at 33 years of age, he's not going to be the guy that averaged six tackles a game. So I'm not sure if he's going to push much higher than 70, if anything. Maybe down back he gets 80. But again, it just feels like at that awkward price, not worth the investment. Yeah, the next one here is Luke Pedler. So he's going to be uh, highly fantasy relevant with regards to his... Uh, current salary to start the season. So the question is, is he going to spend a stack of time forward and is he best 22 or is he on that fringe still, which might even mean that he could be in that sort of sub um, scenario? I think he is best 22. Um, That being said, probably off the bench, but I still think he plays round one. He's been very impressive across the preseason. He's kicking a lot of goals. I know as a draftee and as you mentioned, he he can be a midfielder and he had a high tackle count as a junior, Mm. but he seems to have found a bit of an issue here in that he can play in that half-forward or forward-pocket role. And, and if that's enough to get him in the side until he develops into more of a big-bodied mid, then so be it. But I think a price at 24 and just above you know, your basement price, why not get him in even if it's at F7? I think it's a very low risk. He's likely to get games early. The next one here is Jordan Dawson. So um, he is quite versatile here, half-back, wing, 
half forward inside mid. He can play the lot. Uh, the one thing that I've uh, gone about on the podcast saying is that the one thing that stuck with me last year is that when Adelaide were chasing the game, you know, Dawson would shift forward. So if they're to improve this year, Adelaide, that potentially could mean a half-back role, but he's so versatile, he can go anywhere. So the question is, what type of role, and can he sort of sustain that strong scoring output? And not only that, he's, he's quite quality uh, player, so is he a target for an opposition tag? Yeah, I think you, you kind of nailed it there and that he can do a bit of everything. And the best part about this Adelaide lineup at the moment is the recruitment of Max Michelini, maybe Rory Sloan down back, Wayne Miller up forward. There's the opportunities there that Dawson probably doesn't have to be the backline general anymore. So maybe he does continue that high midfield rate that we saw at the back end of last year. Um, I've been toing and froing with him at D1, to be honest. He's priced at 101. I think he's easily going to get that again. He's an absolute star, but... Is he going to create any value for you? I think there's a spreadsheet that I saw a few months ago that I can't actually remember who made it, but so apologies to whoever it was. But um, someone actually calculated upside and, and what a player actually needs to average across the entire season to actually be worth the investment. Mm-hmm. And, and Jordan Dawson needs to average 104 to be a worthy investment, which, I mean, if he's 101 last year, I don't see that being hard to achieve, which makes him a bit more... I guess, safe than someone like a Sam Doherty who'd need to actually go 110 again. Yep. I think Jordan Dawson can be 104 comfortably. The next one here, Jake Saligo. So he really emerged late last season, and I'm a big fan of Jake Saligo. So the question is here is, you know, what sort of percentage or game time is he going to be spending in that midfield? Yeah, I love Saligo. I think he, he could be one of the first men in, uh, probably maybe off the bench or even on the outside, and then be that rotator role. But I, I think he easily is valued. He averaged 14 touches a game last year, which I can see going up to 18 mm. with, with more game time and the fact that he's just young and developing. But he is at that awkward price spot of you know an average of 58. So like, is it really worth it to give up a midfield spot for him when he probably is only going to improve 10 points? Maybe not, but I mean, he's, he's not a bad pick. I just don't think he's going to be a match winner. Okay, the next one here I'm really interested in on your thoughts is Max Michelini. So the question I need to ask is, can we see him this year uh, and what type of role can we see? But I think this is a quality player right here, not only for Adelaide, but also potentially from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he's a star for Adelaide. I'm not sure about the fantasy aspect of it. So I reckon he gets games this year for sure. I'm a bit hesitant to go around one. I think that Adelaide has shown at times they do like to look after their kids, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably more of a lockdown defender. So, I mean, in the sample under-18s, he averaged 14 disposals a game, which doesn't set the world on fire. And then the league, couple of league games that he played, he only averaged five. So, you know, he's a great player in terms of what he can do defensively. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a high-scoring player. If he, he could be like that Alex Rance kind of mould where <laughs> he's just a lockdown defender. He maybe gives away a couple of negative threes as well. And um, I'm just not sure it's worth the investment. Okay, the next one here is Sam Berry. So his tackle rate is through the roof. So recently in an interview that he said that his focus was this year to um, accumulate uh, more ball. So if he starts to do that, his, his scores can start to elevate really quickly. So what is the outlook for Sam Berry this season? Yeah, Sam's starting inside the midfield round one, 100%. Um, the, the hard part, as you mentioned, is... He needs to find more of the footy, but he needs to do so whilst maintaining nine tackles per game. Mm. It's incredibly unsustainable. You can't tackle yourself. You can't, and I, I just I find it 
remarkable that he was able to hit those heights as a junior, which is, you know, very positive signs. But the tackles are so inconsistent. I mean, players that rely on them are a concern. And yeah. if he's priced at 84, you probably want him averaging 100 at the end of the day. And I'm, I'm not sure if he's ready to take that leap yet. Next one up here, one of my favourite players in the AFL, Isaac Rankin, comes over from Gold Coast. Now, I remember watching his um, under-18s uh, vision, and he, he looked elite. Like His first like, move is just you know evades all traffic there. So um, he showed some glimpses at Gold Coast, had some injury concerns there as well. I'm expecting a fair bit of time forward, but are we going to see some inside midfield or some centre-bounce and midfield usage this season? Yeah, Adelaide were obsessed with him when they um, went to the, the trade table in the off-season. We asked them many, many times on and off the record about, um, you know, why wouldn't you try to go after Horn Francis instead? Um, you know, you need an inside midfielder. You probably don't need a small forward. But they was they just love his talent. They just think he's a genuine star and, yeah. you know, he's best 22 for the rest of his career. So he's going to get high game time. They're going to invest everything they can to make him as good as he can be. But... He's a similar problem to Rochelle at this stage, that there is just so many names yep. in Adelaide, and we'll, we'll talk about Port, obviously, as well to come, but it, it's a similar problem here in South Australia that there, there are a lot of kids that want this midfield time, and, and Rankin's going to get a little bit of it, but not enough, really, to justify a guy that's priced at 59. Like Maybe there'll be a couple of games where he goes 80-90, but he's not going to be every week. He's predominantly a small forward, so... Again, just feels like that awkward position that wastes a forward spot. Uh, what a future for Adelaide with Rankin and Rochelle. And the next one we're going to talk about here is Schoenberg, Harry Schoenberg. So um, he he can get in there and be a burst player through the midfield. Is that the type of role we're going to see, just glimpses through that midfield and a little bit of forward usage here from Schoenberg? I think so. Um, he's probably the one out of all the juniors I'm not as bullish on, purely because he has work rate issues, which is why he often had low time on ground. and um, we, we saw him, as you mentioned, have these really exciting passages of play, but then he disappears for a while. And, I mean, he's going to get more investment. I think they prefer him in there to, to the likes of someone like a Matt Crouch, obviously, if you're investing in the future. So he's this really beefy lad who, who can be an absolute bull if he gets it right. He's just got to really dig in across this preseason and make sure he's ready to go. But... You look at his scores last year, if he's priced at 62, two scores over 90, both of those he had a lot of tackles in them, which again, as I mentioned before, isn't something you like to rely on. So uh, I'm not sure if he can be an 80 player this year, maybe down the track, but I mean, maybe more of a 70, 75, which again, with a mid spot, probably isn't worth it. The next one here is Rory Laird. So the question I'm going to ask you here is, with a few more players going into the centre bounces and through the midfield, is Rory Laird going to be impacted somewhat? So obviously he's a highly priced uh, player to start the season in fantasy. So is he going to be impacted just that little bit, or is it full-time mid and it's going to be high game time mid? Yeah, I think it's full-time mid. And to be honest, um, I'm one of those guys that sits in the camp that the more good players in the middle the better. It doesn't take away. For example, you know, Lockie Neal and Josh Dunkley. I don't think Dunkley being there hurts Lockie Neal. If anything, I think it helps him because they'll be able to win more of the footy. And, and Rory Laird, for a while, has been shouldering the load for Adelaide. And at times that draws attention. It, it wears him down. To have more good players in the middle is just going to make him better. So I, I think he easily rack, will rack up the footy consistently. He'll be a 30-plus disposal player, a pretty safe captain. The only issue, again, is the tackles. Eight per game is that going to carry over to this year we'll see but I mean if we talk about 
upside. He doesn't really need to accomplish much. I think the the spreadsheet had him at 119, so he actually needs to average less than last year to be a worthwhile investment. So um, I wouldn't go with him and Sam Doherty in the same side because it's a lot of money, but I reckon if you can fit him in, yeah, there's no no real risk there. The next one here, Wayne Miller. So uh, can we see him at a halfback or are we going to see him a little bit forward again? And what sort of certainty do we have you see him in playing at round one? And what we need to know there as well, is his position secure early and throughout the season? So he's definitely playing forward. I'm not really sure about round one. I was having a look at the best 22 yesterday. and I do find it hard to, to squeeze him in, although he's a bit of a favourite son at Adelaide and we know what he can do at his best. But if he is playing heavy forward minutes like I expect, then he's still not going to be that 80-plus player that we knew down back. And we saw a little bit of that last year as well, that you know, surely he's better than 50, which what what he's priced at, but I don't think he's 80 uh, at the role. So, I, again, it's just that awkward price spot around that F4, F5, where you're talking about a guy with very limited upside that probably isn't going to set the world on fire in the role. Yeah, the issue there is Rankin, Rochelle, Schoenberg, if Sloan's going forward, where does Miller sit? Yeah, exactly. And even if you try to move him down back, uh, I think Mitch Hinge has be- become quite popular amongst the groups. Where we talk about McElhaney and... And Sloan as well. Uh, I just, I don't see Miller as best twenty-two. I think they'll find a way to get him in at some point because he he has the talent. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to squeeze him in right now because there are. It's a funny problem to have at Adelaide to have so many players that could be best twenty-two, but you're not a side that's you know one of the top tier teams. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a really funny one. Next one here, Billy. Dowling, so obviously prolific as a junior, so what we need to know here is, how's he tracking over pre-season? Can we see him throughout the season to make a debut? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a couple of games towards the back end. It's almost similar to how Jake Saligo came into the side, but um, yeah, I think he's a bit more of a project player. Like he, His junior numbers are incredible. To average 31 touches, five tackles across a sample season is, is great. Like he, He's going to be great for them, but um, there hasn't been a lot of hype about his preseason here in SA, so he's kind of flown under the radar a bit, which makes me think that considering there's so many players fighting for spots, he's probably not in that conversation right now. Uh, the next one here, Riley O'Brien. So out of the team last year, you predicted this on this podcast last this time last year. So what is the outlook for Riley O'Brien this season? It's better. Like I, I think um, last year, as we spoke about, there was the discussion internally that Kieran Strawn would take games away from him, that the, the Crows weren't set on Riley O'Brien as the number one ruck. And, and though we saw that across the year, that he did miss games. Strawn got a run at it. But I think what we learnt from that is that O'Brien is, is their number one guy, but he, he still didn't have a great year. He, at his best, he's an intercept marker who can float around the ground and win one-on-ones. And he didn't do that consistently. He, he's very easily a, a big hit-out winner. But if you want him to be value and average 100, he's got to actually lift his effort around the ground and impact the game. So he's reliable in terms of classic and draft because you know he's going to play every week. Um, I don't think that strong concern is as large as it was last year. But is he going to actually be worth it? Priced at 93, you, you want to see some preseason form of him actually dominating around the ground. Okay, Aaron, thank you for joining us on the Adelaide podcast. So where can the listeners find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Aaron Bryans. Um, SA Grandstand is here in South Australia or around the country on ABC Sport Digital Saturdays at 11. And otherwise, you'll hear me calling the footy across the season. Uh, we've got the ABC Listen app now, which will broadcast every AFL game. 
Uh, and on top of that, you can obviously hear us on analog across the country and around the world. So feel free to get in touch. Uh, we have a text line, we have the phone lines as well. I'm more than happy to have more feedback and any questions that you want to know. We we have that weekly show every Saturday and we generally chat to the crows and the power. So if you want to know something, uh, feel free to hit me up and I'll find out for you. Yeah, and that, that includes fantasy questions too, because obviously you had Connor Rosie on there this past weekend and we got a, a few fantasy questions in there. Yeah, it's really good. I think when you have specific player questions, it's easier to find out more about roles from, from someone inside the camp. Sometimes with coaches, it's a bit more game plan and win-loss. So, yeah, we do our best to try and get uh, players when we can. So um, if you see them pop up and you want to ask something, let me know. Excellent. Thank you for joining us on the Adelaide podcast, Aaron. Thanks.